Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to In Living Color Abroad. And I'm your host, Angie Rodriguez. On this episode, you'll be hearing from Vivian, who is Nigerian and uh, teaching and living in Bahrain in the Middle East. She's also taught in Myanmar as well. Um, I just want to apologize for the long wait in between episode one and episode two. Uh, for those that have been waiting, <laughs> um, it's not been a purposeful thing. Um, I've been acclimating here in Costa Rica. And uh, more importantly, it's been very difficult to set up a time with people I want to interview due to the vast time difference. Most people that I know that are abroad are either in Asia or, or Europe. So um, it's been difficult to set up a time to, uh, yeah, to set up a time to, to do this. And so, yeah. I hope you enjoy this episode. This is In Living Color Abroad. Let's go. Welcome, Vivian, to In Living Color Abroad. Thank you. So, Vivian, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Um, okay. Uh, I'm Vivian, <laughs> obviously, and I currently teach English and Science at Bahrain Bayern School. I've just been here for two weeks. Uh, before that, I was teaching English language at a school in Myanmar, um, Myanmar International School. And before that, I was um, teaching at Children's International School in Lagos. Um, I've been teaching for about eight years now, and it's been quite a rewarding experience. Um, how would I describe myself? I'd say I'm an introvert, and um, I love to eat noodles. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not very good at describing myself, obviously. No, no, that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> we can get to that description part a little bit later on. No, but um, so right. that's awesome that you've been teaching internationally at two different places now, right? And you're from Nigeria, yeah. correct? Yes, yes, I'm from Nigeria. Awesome. So what brought you, when, how old were you when you decided, you know what, I want to do international education? Like what brought you to this world? Okay, um, I've actually been teaching for as long as I know. I know that sounds cliche, <laughs> every teacher says that. But, um, yeah, when I was in university, I would do tutorials. That was when I knew that I had this, would I say, talent for teaching. And um, after that, I, I started to teach. At the time, I was also writing and editing in the magazine, and I was teaching as well. Uh, then, um, I think at some point I got a bit overwhelmed with teaching and, um, uh, writing and editing because, um, those are my two major passions. Mm -hmm. And then I, I thought about it and, um, one of my mentors said that if, cause, oh yeah, there was a, a, a problem that I did with the magazine that, um, got me thinking that having international experience um, would help me, you know, um, gain more, um, what do I say, skills or mm -hmm. gain more um, knowledge about education. And, you know, I could actually later on bring in that knowledge that I have to Nigeria. And um, my mentor at the time advised me and said, oh, it would be nice if you um, started to teach internationally. And this was just about three years ago. And then I started to apply, which was the hardest part. <laughs> started to apply to 
in schools. And, you know, at the time I was teaching at an international school in Lagos, you know, but because I was from Nigeria, it was very, um, it wasn't easy for them to admit or, you know, see that I was actually an international teacher because I was <laughs> yeah. in the country, you know. So, um, yeah, I finally got a job at me. Actually, I got a job in Israel, but I couldn't go because there was some mix up with the visas mm. and I had to go with the Myanmar option. Oh, and wow. Yeah. So that's how that happened. Um, my first trip was actually Israel because um, I'm a Christian and I thought, oh, ah. this is going to be a really... Um, sorry, it wasn't Israel, it was Palestine. Oh, okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But I had to go through Israel because Palestine mm-hmm. is somehow in Israel. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but I felt that would be, you know, a really wonderful experience for me. But, um, yeah, there were some issues with the visa um, and, you know, I just, I couldn't go because I didn't want a situation where I would go to a foreign country and I wouldn't be able to get the work permit. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to leave until I was sure that I had permits. So I just went with the one that, you know, um, I felt was much more legal. Got it. Yeah. And did you, for when you were applying, did you do this online or did you go to like a job fair? I, I did. I went on TES. The first time I applied, I, I, I went to TES. Okay. Um, those who work in British schools will probably know TES. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I wasn't even, I didn't know that I could, there were agencies that I could, you know, use and all of that. I wasn't really, I didn't have much information. I just, mm-hmm. you know, said, oh, let me try this. And then I went to the Kobe's site as well. There is Kobe's. It's like, um, uh, a union for British schools. Um, so that was where I applied, and, and I also applied um, test TES. And luckily, I I probably sent out about a hundred applications, <laughs> maybe not a hundred, but my, I said let's just say that an average of forty. Yeah, I did, and most of them would say, "Oh, well, what passport do you have?" And mm. I'll say Nigeria, and they'll. They would say, "Oh, we're sorry, we can't." You know, interesting. We want native. We want native speakers. That's what they. Because I have a PGCE from Nottingham, but that doesn't matter because I don't. My passport is not from. It's not the UK passport. Wow. So that was uh, the main challenge that I had. Everybody asking, mm. all the um, employers asking, "What's your passport? What passport do you have?" Mm-hmm. You know, they would interview me and they'll be. They would say, "Oh, you're great for this position. Uh, we want." to you and then what passport do you have uh, I'm from Nigeria I have a Nigeria passport oh we'll get back to you mm, you know so that was that. the challenge that I had so did that like and, discourage you or did that make you say you know what I'm gonna get into the school no matter what I do like you know the thing about me is that I'm really determined and I am very um, optimistic mm-hmm. and um, despite the challenges um I was very determined and I prayed about it. I know that most people would say, oh, why you bring about something? But I did and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just happened. It was it was weird how, because um, I got the Myanmar job like a week after I decided that I, I wasn't going to go to um, Palestine. Mm-hmm. It, and then one week I got the offer, the Myanmar offer, so... 
Wow. Um, I went to Min. Yeah. So what made you decide? So was Myanmar the only place that was okay with your Nigerian passport, or did you did you feel like, oh, this is a good fit no, for I me? I got. Um, I got. The same week that I got the job at Miami, I got another one in um, Russia, but oh. I didn't really like that one because um, it was it was it was October and I knew it was going to be cold. I don't know, like being in the pool. Yes, and it was an experimental position. They wanted me to be like a debate coach, and I really just wanted to teach English language. Uh, and it, yes, understood. And um, I think on the day that I flew to Myanmar, I got. A, um, a, a position as well, but that was um, in Zimbabwe, mm. um, an Eastern African country. So, yeah. but I had already um, in the position in Myanmar, so it didn't matter anymore. Okay. So it was funny because um, at the time that I, I, I finally agreed to go to Myanmar, I started getting all these um, offers. Yeah, it was just so funny. They finally got through the hundred applications you sent in. They finally went through. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, all right, now you're in Myanmar, right? This is about two years ago, correct? That you got to Myanmar? Yes. So tell me, yes. like, did you, did you know anything about Myanmar before you go? Like, did you do research or you were like, you know what? Let's see, let's see what it's about. Like, how, what approach did you take before you got there? Mm-hmm. So, um... I went online, I went on YouTube, I saw videos, <laughs> I did research, I heard about the Rohingya war, uh, the thing, uh, the Rohingya conflict. Um, so I, I mentioned it to my mom. She was like, no, you can't go there. It's too far away. <laughs> and I said to her, I don't think I should, cause I should, you know, not take a job because it's too far away. Yes. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. So... <laughs> And I was determined because I, before the time, I, I'd never been to Asia, ever. So mm. it was kind of like a challenge. It was, you know, something, it was like I was embarking on an adventure. So I was pretty excited. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. And then I also learned mm-hmm. when I did my research that it was one of the cheapest countries in the world. So oh, that's great. That was refreshing. <laughs> yeah, so. So, so tell us some, like, I I know very little next to nothing about Myanmar. So it was Burma and then Myanmar, correct? Like it changed the name? No, Myanmar Myanmar is Burma. Oh, it is. Burma is the old name for Myanmar. Got it, got it. So that's that's what I meant. Okay, got it. It's the old name for Myanmar. It's the same place, just the old name versus a new name. Yeah. Got it. So what, um, so you're in Myanmar now, you're teaching what expectations did you have? Like, did you have any, or you're just like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to compare back to my other experiences. Like, what, what did you ex- uh, expect to experience while you first initially arrived in Myanmar? Okay, when I arrived, I imagined, you know, I'd be going to a school where the children would. I, I think I imagined it to be exactly like the international school where I was teaching in Lagos. Mm-hmm. You know, I imagine um, I, I I would have culture shock. I thought I would maybe have some difficulties think to the weather. You know, I had all those expectations. But um, in the first week, I realized the weather is very similar to Nigeria's weather. Mm. So I didn't have a problem with that. And there are mosquitoes as well, which we have <laughs> in Nigeria. <laughs> and um, the children were well-behaved, you know, compared to the students in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it was a good, it was a good, um, uh, change, you know, and, um, regarding the food, 
uh, it was that was where I had a little problem because I couldn't find most of the things I would normally just find on the streets in Nigeria. For instance, they didn't have plantain, which is one of oh, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so it was. So I was like, why would a country not have plantain? How is that even possible? <laughs> you know, and then they had purple yams, mm. which I thought was very weird because <laughs> I was used to white yams. And um, yeah, but then uh, regarding the school, it wasn't as. Um, it wasn't as modern as the school where I was teaching in Lagos. That came as a shock to me mm. because I thought at the time that this is the school outside Africa. It's probably going to be better. Mm. I don't know why. I just had probably uh, conditioning from, you know, what we hear in the media yeah, exactly. and all of that. But this was not, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as good as, it wasn't as, you know, modern or it didn't have as much facilities as I thought. Uh, as was advertised. Got it, got it. And so now you're in Myanmar, you're teaching, you're experiencing it. So what is it like? Because obviously you came from Nigeria where, you know, predominantly most people are black that look like you. Now you're in Myanmar where people don't, I oh mean, necessarily God. look like you. So how was that transition? That was, how did I miss that? I probably should have talked about that first. <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> I came through Bangkok, right? And because I have to go to Bangkok, there's no embassy of Myanmar in Nigeria. I have to go to Bangkok. And Bangkok, that's where I applied for the visa. And then um, I, I came to Myanmar. So when I got to Bangkok, I noticed that there were not a lot of black people. You know, and I tried not to freak out, <laughs> you know. And um, I just, I found myself looking for someone with the same skin tone, unconsciously, and it was so weird. And when I got on the flight from Bangkok to Vienna, when I got on the flight, I could I could feel eyes on my skin. I could feel people looking at me. It was I was the only black person on the flight. You know, it was uber weird. <laughs> and then um, they were staring, like literally staring. And I, I was trying not to look at anybody. You know, and then in my mind, I imagined when I get to Myanmar, yes, it would probably be better. But that was actually even worse. I think the first time we saw another person by skin tone was two days later when I went into work. And then there was um, a friend that was from the Bahamas and she's, you know, dark skinned as well. Mm -hmm. And then she said to me that you probably find um, one black person. Um, it's a ratio of one black person to like 30 um um, Asians or something mm -hmm. like that. So yeah. it, was, it was crazy, honestly. Like I had people touching my hair. Oh, oh my god! I, can I touch your hair? It was. It was. And what would you I say? Like, like oh, what? What would be your reaction to that? At first, I was um, a bit bothered by by it, but then I started to feel like a celebrity because <laughs> <laughs> they would be like, "Oh, let's take a picture. Can we take a picture with you?" And I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's fine. You know, you can take a." You know, <laughs> so um, yeah, but I, I I could see that they were more curious than um, I wouldn't say they're racist in any way. Got it. But okay. they were just curious. I think they, to them, seeing a black person is something that happens in a really um, long time. So most yeah. of them have have never even seen someone who's got their skin tone. So they were. Wow. Um, I think they were just really um, 
excited to see me. And then one thing I didn't mention is when I got to Myanmar, I was shocked with the number of dogs they have on the street. It's mm. ridiculous. Okay. And, Are yes, you a dog, dog person? They're like, yes, I am. Okay. I actually rescued two dogs. Uh-huh. Um, but I won't go into that because then I'll just keep talking about my food. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> yeah. Got it. So, wow, that's, yeah. I, mean, I can't even imagine being in a place where people want to touch your hair and just like, again, treat you like a celebrity. You're not a celebrity, but you're basically a celebrity there because I've never seen anyone that looks like you. So, that's, so like you said, it's not really, it, you can't yeah, really call that racism, could you? Because they just don't know. Like it is really no. ignorance. It's just ignorance. And yeah. to no fault of their own, you can say, I guess, in some ways, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, all right. So, yeah, cool. Okay. So now now you're in Myanmar teaching, experience of being black, people want to touch your hair <laughs> and all that good stuff. What <laughs> made you decide after, you've been there two years, right? Yeah. After two years that you know what, I want to move on somewhere else. What what made, what, what made you come to that, that decision? Um. Okay. Because I've been in Myanmar and um, I, I got this thing called chikungunya. It's mm. a disease. Um, oh. When a mosquito bites, it's a special kind of mosquito. It bites you and then you get the chikungunya, which is very awful. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, honestly. Um, you get like extreme joint pains. You have extreme fever. And then after five days, you have this horrible rash. It was crazy. It was the it's the worst experience I've ever had in my life. Oh my god! And you know, after that, I said to myself, "You know what? I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I need to leave this place." You know, so um, that was the major motivation. There are other factors of as well. Uh-huh, um, I felt that I wasn't going to grow in the school where I was teaching. Um, I felt I didn't have opportunities to grow, and um, I didn't have trainings um no trainings were offered um i wouldn't want to go into all of that but yeah. um i didn't think the school was the best place for me yet to grow my international my career as an international teacher so i just knew it was time to go so got it and yeah. you how when did you uh contract that chicken i forgot what was the word what, what when did you get that in, in during your second year like were you hospitalized like what happened after I was hospitalized. Okay, this is what happened. I started to feel like I was about to have a fever, right? Mm. And then I thought, oh, maybe it would, it would go away because it was rainy season. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's normal for mosquitoes to bite you and all of that. But, you know, I just imagine that the worst thing um, that would happen to me would be that I would get malaria because mm. I'm used to that being Nigerian. I get malaria all the time and I just have to take the pills you know and then i'm over it okay but this one i was having this weird fever and then i went into the hospital because i couldn't take it anymore i went into the hospital and when i got into the hospital the the, the nurse said gosh you've got a really high fever i was like yeah i know right (laughs) she looked at me like it was a weird like um because i'm not the kind of person who just you know lies down and starts to vomit when she's sick yeah so um so they they put me they kept me on admission the same day and they tested me and they said, well, you've got this um chikungunya and the fever is actually going to get worse. Oh my we God. have to inject you with pain. They have to inject me um every six hours, you know, with pain um relief injections. Apparently there's no medicine medication for it. There's no drug for it. Oh my god. You just have to wait through 
you have to wait for it to, you know, go through the fever, then yeah. um, the joint pain, then um, the rashes and the gingivitis, and then it goes. Oh, my I, I, gosh. At some point, my, my gums were bleeding, and I couldn't eat. Oh, my God. How long did this last? It lasted for, for um, I was quite lucky, though. Mine lasted for what, seven days. So a week. That's the, oh my god! I can't yeah, even imagine. But, but the, 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 normal, the normal time is ten days. They said to me ten days. I was like, "What? <laughs> no, I can't be here for ten days." What? So you, you were know, in the hospital for seven days. days? No, I was in the hospital for five. Oh, for five. I got lucky. Got okay, for five days. Yeah. Got it. But that, I, I can't even imagine. You're in a foreign country. <laughs> you get sick. You catch something called chicken, whatever it is. I said, "What's the second word of it again? Chicken what?" <laughs> Chicken gunya. Gunya, chicken gunya, which sounds like some dish. <laughs> chicken gunya. <laughs> and you, you contract that. If, if I find a dish with that name, I'm not eating. <laughs> chicken gunya. And you're in the hospital by yourself, I'm assuming, right? You're by yourself this entire time? Yes. Oh, my. Like, yes, what? Did, did, did your mom, did you speak to anyone? Like, what? No, I didn't want to freak them out. Oh, I just, my God. Um, this I didn't do any video yeah. calls with them. Uh, my mom called, I remember she called one time and I was having, I was not in the mood. So um, I said to her, oh, I'm in a meeting, I'll call you back, you know. So, um, <laughs> Which really, you were like in the hospital bed, like I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, my mom picked up very easily, so I didn't want to upset her. Got it, got it. So yeah, that was what happened. <laughs> And I didn't let them know. It was after I had gone home that I should. I, I sent them pictures of me in the hospital. Oh my, my mom was like, what? Wow. You need to leave that place. I told you not to go. <laughs> mother you know? knows best. She's mother like, knows best. How much are they even paying you? Why are you there? You know, so, you know. Oh, my gosh. That I mean, to me, I mean, I, I don't know about anyone else, whoever's listening or whoever's traveled abroad, but it has to be one of the biggest fears, that you get sick in a foreign country and, like, you're in their hospital, like, in their system, and there's no one there because you don't know anyone, right? You don't know anyone that's from there. So you're by no, yourself. I, I Luckily, I had colleagues. My colleagues, um, I've known them for some years because ah. I've been there for a while. Okay, that so helps. that was all I had. <laughs> Yeah, they would send me messages on WhatsApp. Oh, how are you doing? And then they'll pop in to come see how I was doing. Oh, and that's nice. That was just it, really, because if I didn't have that, I probably would have gone crazy. Yeah, I can imagine. Know? Lose your fucking mind. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's intense. That's really, that's really intense. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So th- that's why, I mean, I think anybody will leave in, that's in, the, in those circumstances. All right. But now you're, you leave Myanmar. Now you're... Bahrain. So, like, that's one of the places that accepted your passport, right? <laughs> well, I didn't even want to get into that, but, oh, yeah. okay. Had, um, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the school where I'm at is a really good school. They're more structured, and, you know, everything about the school is fantastic, to be honest. That's awesome. And um, they were able to process my visa. And But then here's the thing that happened, because I, I came from Yangon, from Myanmar to Bahrain. And um, when I got to when I got to the airport, they said to me, "Oh, we're sorry, you can't," because em- I was meant to go on Emirates. And when I got to Emirates, said, "Oh, I was sorry, you can't get on the flight." I was like, "What do you mean?" And they said, "Oh um, my goodness." Okay, first of all, I I thought I don't know what happened, but I thought that I had um, 60 kg allowance, 
I don't know why I thought that because normally when I travel internationally, I always have 60k tea, you know. So I imagine it was the same. I can't even check, which was my fault. Um, then when I got there, they said, Oh, first of all, you can only travel with 30k tea. And next thing they said, Because you don't have a return ticket, you can't travel. And I said to them, My employer only got it one way because yep, I'm going yep. to work in Bahrain. Yep, 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 yep. You know, and they said, Oh, you don't have your work. You don't have your CPR or something like that. And I said to yeah. them, I can't get that until I get to Bahrain. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I had, so um, they were like, I, I imagined if it was someone who didn't have a Nigerian passport, they probably would have let them fly uh-huh, immediately uh-huh, without uh-huh. kicking up a bunch. But um, I had to call the school. The school spoke to Emirates, and they had to. They made me sign an affidavit um, to say that if I had any issues at the Bahrain um, immigration, it has nothing to do with Emirates. You know, yeah. at the time I was really upset. I was tired because my flight was like 1:30 a.m. in the morning. And I was just really worn out. And um, luckily, when I got on the flight, the school assured me that someone would be at the immigration, you know, to make the whole process easy for me. And luckily, it was amazing. I felt like I was a celebrity again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you're saying I feel like a celebrity a lot. But when I got to the airport, oh, there was someone with my name. And, you know, I went to her. She took my, my, my hand luggage. And she asked me to sit down. She went to immigration, did sorted out everything, and just said, "Oh, let's go." I was like, "What? Are you serious? Wow. Are you done?" She was like, yeah. "Here's your passport. Here's your visa. Here's your this. Here's your that." I was like, "Okay," wow. and I was so happy. And you know, that was, and I forgot about all the troubles at Yangon Airport. So yeah, um, I reckon that if, if I didn't have the, if, if if it was if I had another passport, I probably wouldn't have had these issues. But yeah. um, I think there's this thing about someone who's not a native speaker teaching English abroad. It's mm-hmm. much more difficult than someone who's, um, you know, from America, from the UK, or even from Europe. Yeah. And speaking about that, I'm glad you mentioned that because so you're Nigerian and the expats because you're an ex, you're you're an expat you're living somewhere else right like your colleagues are mostly yeah. from where like in in Myanmar you're, the, the the people that were not from there where were they from mostly yeah they're mostly from the UK because the Myanmar the, in Myanmar I was teaching in the British curriculum school mm-hmm. so they're mostly from from the UK and Ireland yeah. and there were a number of them from the US as well. But here in Bahrain, most, they're mostly from the U.S. Got I think it. I've just met one person who's from the U.K. And and how many of your colleagues that are expats? How many? Of, what percentage would you say are 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 black or people of color, like both Myanmar and now Bahrain? Very few or what? Oh, in Myanmar, in Myanmar, there was just one of them. Okay. And um, there was one other person apart from me. And in um. In Bahrain now, there are quite a number of them because we have about 100 expert teachers in the school. Wow, that's Um, a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. I know. It's a really big school. And, um, yeah, and they're they're mostly from the U.S. Got it. And and you said a lot of them them are are black? Yes, black Americans. Got it, got it, got it. And now speaking of that, so now they're black Americans. you, You are African. Do you find that yeah. there that there's a immediate camaraderie because I'm like, oh, you look you look like me. Let's, let's stick together. Or do you find that because you're not American, right? You're 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 from Africa, Nigerian. That there's this kind of like 
hesitance at all or like you know because there's a different culture like how do you how has that experience been for you meeting expats that are black but are american for let's say or or british or whatever um well the thing is um because well i did go to an american high school it's an oh, you I did? went to an international school in nigeria okay not yes it was in it was an american international school in nigeria got it so um yeah, so I already had, I've had friends in the past that are black, but they're from the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think working with people that were black and not African, I, I don't know. I think maybe it has to do with my personality, but I didn't really um, think of it as anything. I, I don't think I felt different. I, I didn't see them as Africans either. Got it. Uh, I, I see them as native speakers, which they are, maybe. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. they'll be classified as native speakers because that's what they are. They yeah. have um, the American passport. So, um, yeah, I just, um, it's funny you mentioned that because I found myself um, getting on mostly with the black staff. Now that you've talked about it, <laughs> wow, I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I really don't think it has to do with the skin color. Uh-huh. I just think it's just people that I get along with. And they happen to be black. <laughs> oh my God. I, don't, I don't want to think it has to do with the color, no. But yes, um, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think it just has to do with the fact that most of the people on my team are black Americans. Okay. And the ones that are... Yeah, so I don't think it has to do with me feeling, oh, these are people that are closer to me. Um, or anything of that sort. I don't think it has to do with that. So. Got it, got it. And Bahrain, correct me if I'm wrong, because again, I know I know next to nothing about both the uh, Myanmar or Bahrain, so I'm glad that I'm speaking to you about this. So is Bahrain in the Middle East? Yes. Bahrain is, is part of the GCC, yes. Part of the what? The GCC. Which is what? I don't know what that is, and I'm, I'm sure my listeners don't either, so what's that? Um, the Gulf... Um, something, something about the, the countries in the Gulf. Okay, I, I thought you, I thought you do as well. I guess. <laughs> no, I knew it, but right now, I'm just, no, no, I no. Know. I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. <laughs> but uh, okay, so yeah, so that's awesome. So it's in the Middle East, and you've been there two weeks. Yes, I've been, I've been there two weeks, but it's not, it's not the first. I've been to Dubai three times before now okay. on vacation, so. But my first time in the Middle East, though. So. Okay, so so how would you say? So how's your how has your acclimation been? Two weeks in. Ah, uh, it's you know I feel like I've been here for three months already. Wow. It's, I don't feel like a newbie because um everything is just this um I'm I'm not advertising but this <laughs> is a really good um, arrangement for me. I really love the school. I love the HR. Um, they are so much. They are so organized. They're so you know, they're good. They're really good. That's uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So do you see yourself being there long term? Um, well, I, I'm definitely going to complete my contract. Which is I for really how long? Two years or one year? Two years. Okay. All right. So now let's go into a little fun part of of the podcast where I had someone uh, recommend I do this with, with my guest. So I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you a question and you're basically going to give me a one word response, right? All right, so it could be, from the, I know you've been in Bahrain two weeks and Myanmar for longer, so you could choose to answer from whichever part, uh, whichever country. Uh, favorite food, go. Mohinga. Mohinga, is that from Myanmar? Yes. What is that? What's Mohinga? It's their national dish. It's a noodle soup. 
Oh, that's sweet of noodles. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, ingredients. Whoa, that's a lot. And you had that on the. You had that always. Yes, I have that almost every morning. <laughs> oh wow, that's good. That's good. All right, favorite place. Uh, Junction City. Was Junction? That's also in Myanmar. Yes, that's <laughs> the biggest mall in Myanmar. The biggest? Oh, that's your favorite place in Myanmar? Is it, does it have a lot of nature in Myanmar or no? Well, I don't really fancy going to the pagodas. There are quite a number of them in Myanmar. I like Junction City because my favorite restaurant is there. And do they have noodle soup, Mohinga? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they do. But that's not why I go there. I go there for the South Korean chicken. Oh, of course, of course. That's good. That's good. All right. How about in, um, all right. Number one thing that you were asked when you were in, uh, Myanmar, like number one question. Is this your hair? <laughs> Jesus. Christ. Oh my God. And what was your response? What was your immediate response every time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, most times I'll be like, I don't know. I'll have to check because I like to be so sometimes. <laughs> Oh wow, that's funny. Okay, that that, that. And, and did they how did they, did they laugh? No, the did they knew you were being sarcastic? Um, I, I, well, no, the thing is, um, while I was in Myanmar, I couldn't find a, a salon for African hair, mm. so I had to wear weaves and wigs, and um, so people would wonder why I had long straight hair. Oh, they're like, and I didn't want to start explaining. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to start explaining that it's a wig or it's a weave. Uh-huh. So you know, after something to distract them so they don't ask me further questions. Got it, got it. What is the number one word you had to... What, what, what language do you speak in Myanmar? They speak Burmese. Burmese, okay. And what what word or phrase did you have to use the most while there? Mingalaba. Say it again. Mingalaba. Mingalaba? Yes. And what does that mean? Does that mean noodle like soup? A or? It's a greeting. It's a greeting. It's a what? Greeting. It's oh, greeting. Okay. Hello. Okay, hello, yes. hello. Um, that's awesome though. And all right. So what piece now that you've, yeah. I mean, it's awesome. You've been somewhere two years. I've only been in Costa Rica here a month now, so I can imagine what I would be at in two years. What would be your advice to people that are currently or thinking about moving abroad? What would be like your number one piece of advice now that you've been in two places now? Okay. What I would say to someone who's planning to teach abroad or who has gotten a job and is going to teach abroad is don't pack too much. Just take the ba- the barest minimum and plan to buy what you need when you get there, you know? And um, I would also say keep an open mind and be, and be flexible, you know, mm-hmm. with um, any situation that, you know, um, you find yourself in. And you need to learn how to be extremely patient because if you're not patient, you will not, you will not survive, you know? That's yeah. real, that's real. That's how, about, how about the teaching component? What advice do you have for the teaching component of it? Um, I think it applies as well. You need to be mm. creative. You need to be flexible. And you have to be patient because most of the students, most of them have, um, it's, English is a second language for them. And um, you have to differentiate. You have to be creative with your strategies and all of that. So, awesome, yes, awesome. you have to be creative. You have to be flexible as a teacher, as an international teacher. That, that's that's very important. Agreed. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think if you don't have those things, like you're right, I think as a teacher anywhere, right, if you're not flexible, creative, with your, and get to know your students, you're probably not going to have 
a very successful time teaching. And especially what you said, it applies to living abroad as well. I, I've definitely mm-hmm. learned that because I'm from New York City and I'm now living here in Costa Rica. And even though I know the language and I'm Latino, I'm still have there's still culture shock in some sense of like in New York this will be like this or whatever. So it's definitely um, <laughs> there's definitely things about it that I'm learning. I'm like Angel, be patient. And also I think I would say be kind to yourself, right? Like you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna fuck up, and that's okay because you're learning. At the end of the day, we're all learning in this foreign place, right? For you know wherever someone is. But um, but Vivian, this was a pleasure. I'm glad that you took the time. I know you you probably just came out of work. Is what time is it now over there? Um, it's it's five forty five now. Five forty five and it's eight forty five here. I'm gonna teach in about fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, I've been in the classroom. Good luck with that. Yes, yes. Thank you yeah. again, and hopefully uh, we we'll, we we'll speak to you again. All right. All right. That's fine. All right. <laughs> I, I hope that's fine. <laughs> All right. Have a good yeah, one, Vivian. All right. Hope you enjoyed my interview with Vivian. That was a pleasure speaking about all the different things about Myanmar and Bahrain, which I have no idea. I had very little knowledge of both those uh, countries. And yeah, so hopefully I get an interview hopefully next week or in the next two weeks. <laughs> We'll see. It'll probably be someone that has lived abroad, past tense. Probably be a lot easier than the problem mistakes. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of In Living Color Abroad. Please tune in for the next one. Peace out.